Today we have gathered here to remember the good times and the bad times of Mrs. Hills. At this time I'd like to give the eulogy, if I may. I've known uh, Mrs. Wills for Mrs. Hills for only a couple years now. Uh, some of you have known her longer than that. So I want to make sure that I am gentle yet honest about this dear friend of ours today. In the beginning, Mrs. Hills, a.k.a. Wendover, her life, she embarked on a journey so full of life, so full of love, so full of grace, and so full of compassion. Yes, her effectiveness in her community was so vibrant and so real for many years, she kept in focus the great commandment and the great commission that Jesus taught. She touched many lives. But over time, she lost her zeal, her purpose, her meaning for existence. It affected everyone. Everyone used to speak of the good times, but these were memories of the distant past. Mrs. Hills had a heart problem, one that would eventually cause her to flatline but, glory to God, before she died, she gave birth to a beautiful little girl, also named Wendover Hills. So full of life. So full of energy. Though we say goodbye to a good friend today, we also say hello to the new birth of a dynamic, effective witness for Jesus Christ. Say hello to the new Wendover Hills. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Father, for the old Wendover Hills, for the memories that were embraced and experienced. We thank you, Father, that um, this church um, was birthed in 2000. The Lord, after nine years now, it's time to say goodbye and to move into a new direction. May we take this and glorify you, Lord. We love you and we look forward to the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right, we ready or what? I bet you were wondering what the heck was up with all the ties today, huh? Like I haven't seen that guy in a tie for a long time. And uh, can everyone see this? Can you guys see that? All right, that's cool. I'm going old school today. Well, I'm excited because today is the day I want to share the vision of Windover Hills with you. Let me move this dead body out of the way. <laughs> it was good, it was real, but it wasn't real good. All right, so we're going to move on and talk about the new Windover Hills. Because I think when Jesus hung on the cross, I don't really think he imagined his church, his body of believers, to think of church only in terms of attending a worship service on Sunday morning alone. I don't think he had that in mind. But I think too often, um, too many churches operate out of this and have become content. But we are going to think differently. As I share with you our vision today, I want to challenge you with two things. First of all, to think biblically what the term church really means and how we must operate. And number two, to be willing to step out in faith and join this missional movement at Wendover Hills. In his book, The Present Future, Reggie McNeil writes about the present reality of how we think about church today. Assumptions that are ineffective in our postmodern society. Listen to this. Here's our, the, here are the assumptions today. If you build the perfect church the way we think about church, they will come. What about another assumption? Growing your church will automatically make a difference in the community. Developing better church members will result in greater evangelism. Church involvement results in discipleship. Nope. And better planning will get you where you want to go in terms of missional effectiveness. I think today what I want to help us to do is to move from churchianity to Christianity. Because I think so many times we have taken the unchurched people of this world and churched them instead of connecting them to Jesus. How many times do we talk about, you know, once you come to our church, once you come to church, which is great, and inviting people, right? And again, there's that term church again, which we really got to think about biblically. But what do we want them to do? We want them to come to our service. That's what we think about, don't we? Instead of let's connect them with Jesus who can transform them, and then the church will happen. Instead, we got the reverse order. So, um, we want to move from the mindset of church activity to community transformation like the early church. So here's what's going to happen the remainder of the message. We're going, to, um, uh, we're going to look at three questions, three simple questions that I'm going to answer for you in this vision. And um, our vision can simply be summed up in one equation. And you saw it there toward the end of that PowerPoint presentation. C3 equals one more. All right, that one plus stands for one more. C3 equals one more. So we're going to look at three questions. What is C3 equals one more? What does this mean for Wendover Hills? And how can you get involved? Before we jump into these questions, let's look at some scripture today. I'm fascinated 
with the early church, and I don't know if you are as well, but why don't you turn with it, turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and let's just take a look for a moment at the early church. The, the church was, was born, and um, we see that early on, Peter preaches this dynamic message, 3,000 come to be baptized, saved, and, and, uh, and we start from there. And then in verse 42, we'll, we'll go from there, there. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is just so fascinating, the early church and what they looked like. And I want to point out five things that I see um, in, these cha- in, this, in this section here and then also in chapter 4, verses 32 through 37. Let me just read this scripture, and I want you to imagine what church would be like if you saw this today, okay? Listen to this. Verse 42, chapter 2. They devoted themselves, remember this is the 3,000 here that just been, 3,000 were just added here. This is a church that knows Jesus Christ. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Flip over to chapter 4 and let's look at verse 32. All the believers were one in heart, and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. And then they give an example. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. It's just fascinating to read this account of the early church. Now, we know that they didn't stay like that, okay? They had issues later on and things like that. But the picture of the early church is so incredible because what would it be like if we could really put that into practice? And here's five things that uh, I think stand out about this church. Uh, First of all, they were an intentional 24-7 church presence in the community. They were an intentional 24-7 church presence in the community. They didn't stay in their little Christian little bubble. They were amongst the people. Uh, They were were, uh, portraying Christ amongst everyone there. Number two, they had nothing yet possessed everything. If you look in this scripture here, I don't see that they had the latest technology. I don't see that they had the, the, the greatest programs. I don't see in here that they had the most gifted uh, uh, preachers in the world, that they didn't have the greatest worship band, that um, they didn't wear ties and, and suits, right? Or they, or they wouldn't wear jeans and what? You know, it was, it was all about um, two things here. 
There's two things that they had. Now, we look at them and they had, they had nothing, basically, right? Because to, to really have a vibrant church today, you've got to have this, 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 and this, and this. They had two things. They had Jesus Christ, and they had each other. That was it. And I'm getting tied up. That's all they had, which was everything when you think about it. What were to happen if Windover Hills, for some reason, if a, Lord forbid this would happen, but like a storm comes through, and we had some mighty winds pretty recently, didn't we? And it just takes our building, throws it halfway across the country. What are we going to do? We've lost everything. We've lost all of our materials. We've lost the mic. We don't have a mic. You know, we don't have a mic, all right? We don't have all these things. What happens? Are we still the church? Are we still the church? Yes, we are. We've got Jesus Christ, which is our everything, and we've got each other. And that's what makes this exciting today as we talk about our vision. The early church, that's what they had. They had nothing, yet they possessed everything. Number three, people craved their relationships. We see the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. People craved their relationships. Do you know why they craved their relationships? Because they loved being around each other. They loved hanging out with each other. They loved doing life together because they were connected with Jesus Christ. And it's amazing that 3,000 of them were one in heart and mind. Isn't that incredible if you think about that? Three, over 3,000 of them. Think about, we, we just have a room full of maybe 100 people here, right? Maybe. And we think about all the diversity that is in this body. But yet we can still be of one heart, one mind. People can crave the relationships in this church because we love each other that much. And God didn't only say, just love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He also said, love one another as yourself. And that's the cross right there. If you want to look at it like that, that's the cross. And so if we have that, we are going to um, um, uh, be such a, a craving in our society that people are going to want to be a part of it. Okay? Number four, they had a deeply rooted connection, spiritually and physically. As you saw in here, it says that um, they knew each other's needs, and whenever someone was in need, they met it. A lot of times it doesn't happen in church today is, is mainly because we don't know each other's needs. And that could be a result of maybe not being real authentic with one another, not be real enough to tell each other, hey, we're struggling, right? Whether it's spiritually or physically or emotionally, whatever it may be. But as we continue to live in community with one another, we're going to know each other's needs. And so we can step up as brothers and sisters in Christ and meet those needs, can't we? I've thought about in the past of when someone were in the hospital, um, like just recently, one of our members was in the hospital, and not too many people knew about it, you know? And so very few visited this person. And, you know, th th this, is, this is what happens. Or, or someone is in need financially, and not many people know about and, and this is not let's be clear now we don't um, talk about things to gossip about them but rather if we were to there to help out our brothers and sisters in Christ but can you think about if you were connected really connected to a group of people that knew each other's lives so well that 
if something were to happen, they could be there for them. The birth of a baby, the, um, the death of a loved one, um, financially hurting, um, 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 somebody's football team won. Um, I don't know, you know. Whatever it may be, I mean, that you could celebrate, you could you mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, being totally connected and in sync with one another. They had this deeply rooted connection. And then number five, and there's a big one here. You ready for this? They were, con- they were more concerned with kingdom growth than church growth. <laughs> Let me just spend a moment here on this point. Nothing that drives me more crazy as a pastor about being around other pastors and other people in um, the church world where they'll ask me this question. How big is your church? That rubs me the wrong way. Don't you ever ask me that question. Because it doesn't matter what, how big my church is. If I tell them, well, you know, we're just a small church and, you know, we're only a church of 100, does that mean that we're any less than the church down the road that's 5,000? Heck no. Or what if we were a mega church and we were a church of 10,000? Yeah, we're a church of 10,000. Got, you know, we've got policemen that got to, you know, direct the traffic and blah, 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 because we're so big. You know, I think, can I be blunt this morning here? I think some people talk, kids cover your ears now, I think some people talk about how big their church is, like guys talk about in the locker room when they were in high school. They are so prideful about it, it's not even funny, and it makes me sick, because it's like, look at us, blah, 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 you know, and, and this thing, it doesn't matter, it does not matter. That's why our mission statement is awakening one more soul to experience life in Jesus Christ. One more. Can you imagine getting to heaven one day and talking to the person that you helped lead to Christ and disciple in Christ? Won't that be worth it right there? One more. You know, if we focus on kingdom growth rather than church growth, then we're really going to um, please our Father in heaven. Uh, we could be, I'm telling you, this, I want you to understand that this vision that I'm going to share with you is not so that we can be this huge megachurch. If we were to become huge anyway, it does, that's fine. But, but let's focus on kingdom growth, discipleship, becoming spiritually mature, being a light in our community, um, helping others come to know Christ, um, constantly being um, um, a, a, a Christ-like presence everywhere we go, in the work, in the, in the home, in the schools, and wherever it may be, on the ball field. But that we would keep the kingdom in mind and not the size in mind. So I'm sorry I went off on a little spiel there. That's just how I feel about it. Okay, And I think that the heart of Christ is more about the kingdom than it is of how many we can stuff in our church buildings. Okay, And we're going to look at what the church means when you talk about what is church. I mean, we use this word very flippantly. And we say, you know, um, 
that that uh, that this is church and this is church, and we're going to really get down to what is church, as we read about there in the book of Acts. So what can we take away from the example of this early church? I think we can take this away, that we are to affect the community by living in Christ-like community. We can affect the community surrounding us by living in Christ-like community. And what I mean by that is not, again, by huddling together in our own little um, corner here, but rather living amongst the people in the community in Christ-like community. When we are um, growing in our relationships together, and like the, like the early church was there, and we see that we are one in heart and mind, and that we uh, are passionate about meeting with one another and praying for one another and, and being obedient to the scriptures and, uh, and, and really um, breaking bread together. It says they broke bread together. I mean, that's part like the, the Lord's Supper there that we're going to celebrate after this, uh, after this message. And also, during that time, they, they, had, they included a full meal when they, when they broke bread together. Included a full meal. And, you know, what I've noticed that people in the South, as I've lived here now for almost two years, you all love to eat. I do too. You're right, Karen. I do love to eat. Um, as we're going to talk about C3 living, I thought this was hilarious. Uh, Chris By was it, and he's not here today, so I can talk about him. Uh, uh, we were talking about C3 living, and, you know, he said, oh, so the C3s, is that, uh, is that chili, cornbread, and uh, something else? He said, that, was it chili, cornbread, and, and casseroles, right? It's like, no, that's not our vision. No, that's... Uh, that's not it. But, you know, they broke bread together. People love to eat together. And, you know, I think when you really get into each, if you've ever done when you get into someone's kitchen, that's where the relationships start to develop, right? Here on Sunday morning, bless y'all. I mean, we only see each other uh, for an hour here and maybe five minutes of interaction and talking. Do you really think we're going to develop relationships that way? No. Okay, maybe a tiny bit, but no. You're, I mean, if you really want to get to know someone, everyone in here has a story. Everyone has a story. It's incredible. You know, people I meet um, throughout the weeks, you know, whether it's the homeless man down uh, on the corner of the street or, or just someone in the grocery store, you start to talk to them, you start to hear their story. Every single person in here has a story, and that story needs to be told. People need to know their story. Get to know each other's story. There's a great life behind each of these uh, faces here this morning. And as we get to know each other's story, we'll be part of the greater story, the redemptive story of Jesus Christ. And as, this, as we come together, we will, we will start to see how this is all um, part of God's plan. So let's get to the blueprint of our vision, Okay. And we talked about C3 equals one more. All right? And that is, oh, man, this is strong. If I get a little silly up here, it's the marker speaking, okay? So, but uh, C3 equals one more. Uh, the, the one more, okay, the one plus here is the same for one more. We, had, we came up with our, what we had last year was our mission statement. We, when we, that's what we're calling it, relaunch, okay? Because I realized that we just had the mission statement last year and then nothing resulted of that. What we needed was the vision. And that was a long time coming, so now it's here. But, but this was the mission statement that we uh, came up with last year, and that is, this is to help you remember it one more, awakening one more soul to experience life in Jesus Christ. 
Because when you experience Jesus Christ, it's transforming, isn't it? You see, I don't want people to get to know me as much as I want them to get to know Christ. I don't want them to get to know our church as much as I want them to get to know Christ first. We need to connect people to Jesus, okay? We need to connect people to Jesus, and the church will come. The church will come. So how are we going to do this? That is through C3, and that stands for C3 Living, okay? And that will stand for Cell, Cluster, and Celebration. Okay? Now, in each three of these C's here, um, these are community groups. All right? Each one of them is a different size community group. And I'm asking you to really get involved in all three community groups because this is what our church will be about. Okay? Living in Christ-like community and affecting our community. These three um, um, community groups here. So let's look at uh, what these are here. Um, a cell represented by a triangle here. Can it be anywhere between 6 and 12 people? It's like a small group, all right? Just getting together, and whether it's focused on the Word of God, whether it's focused on, on, on praying or just getting together and having fun, whatever it may be, that is the cell group there, okay? The cluster is a cluster of small groups, of cell groups, Okay? And this will be the mid-sized missional community. I'm going to focus on the cluster here today. All right, and then the celebration. Wow, look at this drawing. I've got some mad skills, don't I? Boom, boom, boom. The celebration is when the clusters all come back together under one roof, Wendover Hills. Now, um, and, and it... It doesn't even have to be at Winter Hills, but, but um, the celebration here is a cluster of small groups come together. It's like our Sunday morning worship. This would be like our celebration time, okay? You know what the cell group looks like in, as a small group. Now the cluster group. This is the one that um, I want to spend some time on because this may be kind of new to you here. Um, there was a sociologist who, who, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me, but he came up with, uh, there's four things that really... Um, when people, that people need interaction in certain, four different types of spaces that people need interaction with um, and to live a healthy lifestyle. And uh, he talked about that there needs to be an intimate space, and there, there needs to be a personal space, and there needs to be a social space, and that there needs to be a public space. Okay, and, um, and each of these are going to be connected in that, um, especially in our vision, in the intimate space is the accountability process, now, which I didn't list on here, but um, you know, finding a person that you can um, uh, find in, 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 our, in our body of believers here that can hold you accountable to say, hey, how are things going with your life in, in Christ right now? Um, how, how are you progressing? Are you, are you living for him? Um, what, what, your struggles that you're going through, are you, are you overcoming those? You know, having an accountability partner, just checking up with you, um, hanging out and saying, okay, how are we going to challenge one another in Christ? That's kind of like that intimate space. The personal space could be the cell group here, um, having a small group of, of believers that will meet together um, for, the, for the purpose of Christ. Uh, the, the social space could be the cluster size, which could be anywhere between 20 and 70 people, all right, and um, made up of, of cell groups there that will meet together. And then the celebration would be like the public space, all right, where we, we come together in a large um, gathering here. This is kind of like... Um, 
Um, and throughout the Bible, the, the cell could be representative of, of like the house churches when they met, like we see in the, the early church there. Uh, later on, like the clusters in the synagogues, about that size of the meeting there. And then the celebration, you remember the festivals that the Jews traveled from distances just to come and celebrate what God was doing in their life. And so we see that there's different types of, of groups here. Here's the cool thing, all right, is that everyone in this church will be cared for. Okay, now, let me make a small note here. It ain't about you, but everyone will be cared for in this church, all right? And I'll explain what, about what I mean about that later, but everyone will be cared for in this church. You remember the story of Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. You remember Moses was judging the people from day and night. He was doing all the work to him all by himself. People were in lines from like, I mean, you thought Walmart was bad. I mean, these people were in lines forever, and, and he, was, he, was present, he was doing their cases time after time. Jethro's father-in-law comes along and says, whoa, man, you're like doing this from morning till night. You're not getting anything accomplished. He's like, this is what you need to do. You need to split these people up and, and put people over these different groups of people so that everyone will be looked after and their case can be heard. So what he do? He, he said, won't you point people over tens, over... Um, over 50s, so there's your cluster, and over hundreds and thousands, there's your celebration. Everyone being cared for in this church, because a lot of times we fall through the cracks, right? Um, we say, okay, the pastor's got a responsibility to, to look after this, 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 this person, that person, that person, and then also the congregation um, helping out together, but people fall through cracks, and we, we don't um, get a chance then to, to look after them and say, okay, how are they doing in their life? Okay, so there's going to be a lot of accountability here. Um, these clusters, let's get to the main puppy here, right? These clusters, and this is what we're going to start with in our church, all right? Um, in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll start to um, um, reveal our, our new clusters. We've got uh, um, three, possibly four clusters right now uh, led by certain leaders, and they'll have a group, a, a team of people that will be over this cluster. And a cluster is a mid-sized missional community. So here's the cool thing is that what holds a, a cluster together is what we would call the PVA. Having a purpose, having values, and having agreed language. The purpose is the missional focus. So we could have like, uh, let's take for example, a cluster could be focusing on uh, raising godly families. Okay? And so this would be their missional focus, the cluster. They would have a purpose, raising godly families. All right? and they would have their values, what they value in that cluster, and then greed language. All right, they would have a name and a story, so the cluster will be named. It'll be really cool, okay? Say another cluster, which will be a, one of our clusters, will be a youth cluster, and the youth cluster will come up with a missional focus as well. And so let's, let's say, for example, they, they chose to, to reach out to the homeless. All right, that would be a missional focus there. And so what's, what happens is once we get these um, clusters in place, you will have uh, the opportunity, everyone in here, to start praying about which cluster you want to be a part of. And as you get into that cluster, you're going to be a part of, this, of people that are passionate about the same thing you are. Isn't that cool? Say for another example, what if a cluster was a geographical location like High Point, okay? And, and the focus is on, on High Point, so there's different outreaches within that, at, at high, and focusing on reaching the people in High Point. So what's happening is in the map, if you were to picture the map of, of, triad, of the triad here, right, 
you would see that um, as we get these clusters engaged in our community, we're affecting one more soul for Christ everywhere. Okay, so this is the glue that's going to hold them together, the PVA. Now, what is going to, uh, what's kind of the accountability process? What, what will it look like as far as um, these meetings and things like that? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm going triangle crazy up in here, all right? So here's another triangle, all right? I mentioned this another, uh, uh, a long time ago. I don't know if you remember it, but it's the up, in, and out, all right, to, to help you remember the triangle here. So these community groups will be focused on the triangle, which is up, in, and out. So what will happen is this. We know that the clusters will have a missional focus, so that uh, uh, at, at certain times whenever the cluster meets, um, say they want to focus on the out that week, all right? So what they'll do is they'll target their missional focus, whether it's working with the homeless, godly family, uh, uh, you know, raising godly families, uh, a geographical location, working with athletes, whatever it may be. That will be uh, their out, okay? Um, maybe they wanted to do more of an inreach and say, let's just do a barbecue. Would you like to have fun in church once again, okay? This is how we do it. Because we're developing relationships. We see the early church, they broke the bread together. They, they had a time of just eating with one another. And I know y'all can make some barbecue up in here. All right? And so maybe it's just like an in-reach. Maybe it's just you guys are just getting together and having a good time together. And friends, like an extended family. And maybe uh, another time that you focus more on the, the up and in or something like that where you are um, engaging in a, in, a, in a study through a book in the Bible and you're starting to discuss scripture or whatever it may be. Maybe someone breaks out a guitar and start singing some worship uh, music, whatever. Even if you want to go old school hymns. I mean, whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? As long as it is glorifying God and that it is um, it's focusing on these three elements here. Because what is this right here? This is the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Loving one another as yourself. And the great commission go and make disciples. Okay, so these three will be lived out. And you say, well, how is the accountability process going to look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. What we're going to have here is um, the celebration leaders, all right, marked there by the X, which is just the pastoral staff, which is just me right now, all right? Uh, I will uh, mentor and, 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 and train and, and disciple the cluster leaders. So we'll have three or four clusters, right? And so I'm going to meet with those leaders periodically, all right, and they in turn will um, uh, train and, and disciple and, and mentor the cell leaders. And during these times, which we'll call them huddles, we'll get together, we'll huddle together, and we'll, and we'll just we'll talk about you know how are things going in your life with Christ. We'll I'll talk about those questions. How are your clusters or your cells doing during this time? And are you living the up in the up in and out um, regularly? They say, well, you know, we've been really focusing on our outreach quite a bit here, and we haven't really focused much on our in and up. I say, great, so now focus more on that during this time. Because what happens in churches today is that we have a lot of churches that are, are maybe great at the out, like totally missional, right? Totally all outreach oriented, but they're lacking the fellowship within the body of Christ. And, and maybe their relationship with Christ, which is the most important thing here. Um, other churches may focus greatly on the, I would say, for example, our church, we're focused great on up. We can worship on Sunday morning, I guarantee you. You guys, you guys are always a part of this awesome worship on Sunday morning here, worshiping our Father and throughout the week. 
um, but our in and our out are not as strong. So within this now, we will be able to engage in these communities and really strengthen and unify the body of believers, okay? Now, um, how are we going to live out Christ in these communities, you may ask? Because you're saying, well, can they just look like anything? No. We're going to um, train you on what we'll have seven life shapes, okay? Life shapes. So I've done this with certain people before, so don't say the answer yet. I'm going to test you. What's the first thing you think of? This is like win, lose, or draw, right? Remember that show back in the day? Is that back in the 80s? Anyway, what's the first thing you think of when you see this? Blurt it out. Oh, man, that was like one second flat. Good job. What would happen if you could remember those, just like you remember, and all the, all the memories come flooding back. You hated Mickey Mouse or you loved Mickey Mouse, whatever it was. And, and what if you could also picture um, the principles that Jesus taught through different shapes? through the triangle, through the square, through the semicircle, the circle, um, the hexagon, things like that. See, you remembered it instantly like that. And we want to do the same thing through these life shapes that teach principles that Jesus taught throughout his word. So what we do is, what, what, what we'll do in the um, coming weeks is I'll teach on those seven um, life shapes. We'll take a, a shape at a time, and we'll start to get to know that better, understand it, and live it out in these communities. Right? Because we want to be Christ-like, Right? We, well, well we, we want to be Christ-like, right? Okay, all right, all right, just checking, just checking. I'm like, well, I, I think I got the right church here. All right, ho- hopefully I've not led you astray. I want to lead you uh, to, the, to the cross. I want to lead you to, to Jesus, baby, all right? Now, um, so we got these in place here, um, and a cluster can be a, is going to be a place of identity, belonging, and ownership. See, here's been the major problem um, for so long, and that is... Um, you ever feel like you're just not connected with the people in your own church? You don't have to say anything right now. But I'm sure that there are some of you at least in here today that is going through your head, I'm really not connected with my brothers and sisters in this room. And I know that I've heard from other people in their churches and things like that um, throughout the years, and I've been a part of the same thing where I'm going to a service there's some good fellowship here and there, but I'm not really connected with them. I've always said the greatest relationships we should have should be within our church. Otherwise, why are we meeting together? It doesn't make any sense that we would come together as just, and just be complete strangers for the rest of our time here on earth. That's not what I read in the early church. And I know that this may seem like something that we cannot reach, you know, but I'm a little bit more optimistic than that. I think that we can become one in heart and one in mind um, as Wendover Hills under Christ's leadership, okay? So with that in place there, what does this mean for Wendover Hills? All right, here's where you're going to be challenged, for so long, we have said church is not a building. It is the people, right? You've said that before? Okay. We're going to test you on that now. Because this is how we are going to emphasize our relationships in this church. On the first Sunday of every month, we will not meet in this building. We will meet in our clusters. Okay? So... It's not that we're not doing church. We will be doing church. But 
We'll be doing it in another community of believers, uh, uh, another community within um, our cluster groups. That's why it's going to be so important that you get involved in a cluster once we start to offer these. Because otherwise, on the first Sunday of the month, you'll come to the church and the doors will be locked. The church building, I should say, and the doors will be locked. Uh, this is to really emphasize the importance of, of us living out the up, in, and out. Does that make sense? Because otherwise, um, we'll continue to go through the motions. I want to really challenge you to step out of your comfort zone. It's going to seem really odd at first. Okay, I'll warn you. You'll be like, ooh, I should be in a building right now, right? I should be at the Wendover Hills location building this Sunday morning. But what does the term church mean? For so long, we have thought it to mean like the cathedral model where you have a professional leading you in a service and that we partake of that service and then we go home and we call that church. That's part of it, but it's not all of it. Because otherwise, what will happen is we'll continue to go to service on Sunday and then just sleep the rest of the week. That's why we are awakening this church once again. So on the first Sunday of every month, we will meet in our clusters, whether it be focused on the up and the out during that time or the up and the in. Um, we will meet, uh, they can meet more than just the first Sunday of every month. You can meet also uh, during the week sometime, depending on the cluster. Um, it'll be exciting because once we reveal the clusters and, and their missional focuses and things like that, then uh, um, you, and once you get involved in that cluster, uh, you'll talk about with your cluster leaders and your team at what it will be like, what, what these clusters will look like and, and such. All right? And um, in that first cluster meeting, what you'll do then is decide how you're going to split up your cell groups, okay? So we'll start with the cluster, break down into the cell groups of when you're going to meet um, throughout the week. So let's say, for example, you meet with your, your cell group one week, you meet with your cluster the next, cell group one week, cluster the next. As long as you meet uh, in your cluster on the first Sunday of every month because that's the first designated uh, time since we will not be meeting in, in the building here, okay? Um, what is happening is what we're doing is we're creating these, these opportunities, Okay, um, because right now, if, if I were just to tell you, go and, and you know, get to know each other. Just go and get to know each other and get to know your community. How many of you are going to walk out here and be like, yeah, I'm going I'm to do that. Tomorrow I'll do that. A month goes by. Tomorrow I'll do that. <laughs> Here's what we're doing. We're creating these opportunities through C3 Living. By getting involved and engaged in these community groups here, you're going to have the opportunity to grow and to, to love one another truly like Christ called you to, to love Christ. This is going to help your relationship with Christ so much more. It's going to help you to reach out to your community through a missional focus and, and really using your, your spiritual gifts that God has placed in your life. You say, man, I don't have any gifts. You're so wrong. God has appointed you to do something great in this life. He's given you at least one spiritual gift for sure. Okay. And we're to use those for the glory of God. So these, this is C3 equals one more is how we're going to um, set that up. Now, what does this also mean for Wendover Hills? Um, we're simplifying ministry. Okay. Because we're not going to have any more programs. Program free. All right. We're not going to have anything throughout the week other than these three community groups. That's how much 
I'm going to emphasize these relationships in the church. You remember we uh, really looking at Wendover Hills, um, what we have here and stuff like that. We don't have a whole lot, do we? <laughs> we don't have a whole lot, but we've got everything. Remember that. We've got Jesus and we've got one another. And so I think that's how um, we're really going to see how the church is going to um, be as vibrant as possible. We're going to look at it like this. Through the, the, the Sundays that we will be meeting here in the building, okay, which is the rest of the Sundays, except for the first Sunday of every month, it's going to look like, it's going to be, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like, um, um, like a military base. And if you're uh, part of the military, you know what I'm talking about here, but everyone else can get the picture of it. it what happens on a military base is that you get the training you need, right? You, you get the training you need, the teaching you need, to then go and put it into practice. I just want to see Wendover Hills become... Where we come here, we receive our training. We worship and worship, and we receive our training, our teaching through the Word of God, and to worship everything else. And then we go, and we put it into practice. Okay? And so that's the whole idea um, behind that. Now, how can you get involved? All right? Again, once the clusters are revealed, start praying about and start think, thinking about which cluster you're going to be involved in, and we'll, we'll present opportunities for you um, to learn more and more about each cluster and the exciting uh, missional focuses they'll have and the relationships that you can develop and things like that. And then also, how can you get involved? Remember um, back in the day we talked about being a C3 leader and C3 living. I want 100% participation in this church, mainly because it's, it's going to help us become the true body of Christ, okay? So being a C3 leader and C3 living, that means you're either uh, a cell leader, a cluster leader, or you're leading in one of these areas on Sunday morning during the celebration service. So whether that is... Uh, 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 not being a Paul Bear, <laughs> I said Paul Bear. You know, I was thinking about earlier. Um, <laughs> being a guys that collect the tithes and offering. Who? The ushers. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> not Paul Bears. Ushers. Whether it's being an usher, whether it's working with our website, uh, whether it's it's working in the sound booth, whether uh, working with the sound. I mean, working with PowerPoint. Uh, uh, whether it's working in children's ministry, whatever it may be, that you would be involved in one of those, um, one of those areas there, okay? Being the C3 leader and C3 living. And we'll see this church really take off, okay? Now, uh, with that said, I, I, uh, earlier this year, I, I learned of a, of a story of a woman um, who gave birth to a baby boy in Ohio. I don't know if you've heard of this story. But when she had the baby, it did not reflect or resemble her at all or, her, uh, or, the, or the parents of the baby. And mainly because the reason is there was a fertility clinic outside of Ohio that transferred the wrong frozen embryo. Did you hear about this story? Received the wrong frozen embryo. And they found this out uh, nine months earlier. The couple had found out 10 days after the embryo was implanted. The doctor calls them and says, I'm sorry, but you're carrying someone else's child. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that would be like? That would be horrifying. That would be a horrible experience. And I think this is, that can be like kind of a picture of what can happen with the church and its vision. When God implants a vision in the heart of his people, the church will birth something beautiful and will resemble the Creator, will resemble Christ. But... When it doesn't happen that way, when we, when, we implant, when we implant our own vision, we will become something that does not resemble Christ. And I really, truly believe that over the past couple of years that God 
has planted this vision in the hearts of our people here. And now it's our turn to do our part. God has done his part and will continue to do his part in this church. Now it's up to us. What are we going to do with the information we've received today? It's a lot to take in, isn't it? We'll talk about this over the weeks to come and think about how you're going to be involved and how great it is to be really linked together with friends in this church doing life in Christ together, okay? Um, during this time, we're going to uh, go straight to uh, communion. And if I could uh, have the worship leaders come up front. You know, the early church broke bread together and enjoyed the fellowship of one another. And part of that is breaking the bread and remembering what Christ has done for them in their lives. And so we want to do that here to get today as a family together. We are a family here at this church. Otherwise, we shouldn't call ourselves church. We are the church. and We are a family. And during this time, let's have a special time of breaking the bread together. So if, um, if you would bow your heads at this time, the, the worship band is going to play um, a song, and I want you just to really reflect and take the time to think about what Christ has done in your life, what he's doing in this church, how we can be connected together, how we can love one another, how we can really live out what Jesus taught in his word. And then um, after this song is done, uh, you'll meet me in the back. Um, I will, I will um, serve the, the sacraments to you during that time. So if you would just bow your heads, take this time, whatever worship stance that you want, be in a prayerful mode.